You're listening to an audio sermon from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. The message that I'd like to share with you this morning is walk in a new level in life. Amen. I think all of us, especially at work, you work, you want to be promoted, you want to go to new levels. But there are many things associated with going up to the next level or next levels. So today we're going to just look at the scriptures and analyze how the men of God, what they had to go through to be able to get to that new level in life. Because oftentimes we have certain expectations of how life must treat us. And in those expectations, oftentimes we have unfulfilled expectations. And in that we oftentimes see that as disappointment. But let's look and see what God is saying about our situation. We opened and we said the truth will set us free. So we need to understand the word of God so that we can progress to understanding and discerning the truth that God has placed in our lives. That we can know that that truth will cover all facts. Amen. Many times we get different reports. But the only report we can believe is the report of truth which is the word of God, Jesus Christ. So let's look at Peter's story. We all know the story where Peter went fishing and he went out in his boat. He twirled all night and he came back with nothing. Amen. And Jesus said to him, cast down your nets and go and catch the fish. And they said that they worked all night. But he said that your word, Lord, I will do that. But he still didn't listen to what God said. He only cast out one net. But with that one net, he still filled his boat and there was still more than what he could handle. Amen. So initially, if you look at the story, you think, oh, shame, the poor man, he's worked all night, he comes out and he's got no fish. He's such a hard worker. You know, all these, all these brilliant things that we can say in our situations, all these things, these noble things that we, that we put up, oh, but I'm such a hard worker, I'm such a good person, I read my Bible three times a day, I pray 12 times a day, but yet my nets are empty. But it doesn't say that when your nets are empty that you don't have fish. The fish are there, but the fish will be there at God's perfect time. The time that God has provided for us. So there's times and seasons, we need to understand these times and seasons, that we don't want something out of season, because something that's out of season, is that really a blessing? Something that comes out of season, we must wonder, is that from God? Or is that Satan trying to distract us? Amen? So it doesn't mean that it delays denial. Sometimes God is just waiting for that perfect time to manifest the things that we've already seen in the Spirit. So in Peter's story, you know, there was disappointment initially. But in that disappointment, God had an appointment. And it's the appointment from God that we need to focus on. We need to make sure that what we see in our situations is seen by faith. Because faith sees the invisible it believes the impossible and it receives the incredible. Amen? Because Jesus Christ is the faith that we've got. And he gave us that faith. And that faith lives in us today. That faith is Jesus Christ. And if we tap into that faith, why are we worried about what is coming in the future? Why are we still stressing about the things that are happening in our lives today? If God is in control, we shouldn't even stress. So we should just wait for God's perfect time. And the only time for you to know what God's perfect time is, is if you're close enough to God to understand your times and seasons. So as a man or woman of faith, 
That silence is not rejection. That silence is a time for you to go and press in. In, the, in the, some of the prayer points that we prayed before the service started, it said that if you want something like deeply, pray that thing over someone else. So before you get blessed, pray the blessing that you're expecting in your life over someone else. And wait for that manifestation. You'll be surprised what happens in your own life. Amen. So we need to be there. We need to press in. That's why we have intercession. Like Jesus Christ himself is interceding at the right hand of God for you and me right now. We need to also do that in obedience and intercede for others. Pray those blessings that you want over others. Because then you know that they're they're not selfish blessings that you're seeking. And if you just look at Matthew 6.33 where it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All the other things shall be added to you. And we know we must pray without ceasing. But then you'll pray the things for other people. You know your time will come in God's perfect time. So many of us today are without faith and hope because of those expectations that haven't been met. But hang in there because God's expectation is the fulfilled expectation that we'll have. Satan wants that unfulfilled expectation. He plants that seed in your heart where he wants that to grow into bitterness. Amen. He wants that to grow into resentment, into the things that he uses as bait, that offense. Something that can ensnare us. That offense will give Satan then that right to come into your life and start working in your life. Because through that offense, that root of bitterness will come and we might miss the things that God has put out there for us. So let's not be offended. So in your situation where God says it's not my perfect time yet, your unfulfilled expectations will result in that bitterness. And Satan will say, where's your God? Amen. Like Job's wife said, how can you go through this? Just curse God and die. That's the words that Satan want over your lips. Curse God and die. But Jesus says, no, I have different plans for you. Just wait for the perfect time. So we're going to read now from Jeremiah 29 verse 11. You all know that verse. So this is just proof that God wants you to walk in a new level in life. No one says it's easy. But let's see what God says. Just as a reassurance. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. We know that the hope of God does not disappoint. Amen. In Romans 5, it says we must glory in tribulation because tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope. Then it says, and the hope of God does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So hold on to that hope. Never let that hope go out of your life. So failure is not a way of life for a born-again Christian. It's not a way of life. It's a temporary situation. It's a trial of faith. And those trials of faith is the soil that our faith can grow in. It's something that we can say, you know what, Lord, I know when this trial comes that I can glory in tribulation because I know the end intended by the Lord. And the end intended by the Lord in its perfect time is what God has planned for you. So how you get there is a different story. So we thank God for prophetic pictures. So God oftentimes gives prophetic pictures to us, to men of God, women of God in the Bible. Something that they can hold on to in this situation that can see them through. So just wait. God's time is the best. So we don't 
choose what we go through. God chooses what the believers go through. The only choice you have as a believer is how you go through that situation. So that is your choice. So what are you declaring in your situation? What is it that you're saying? So we know for gold to be gold, it has to go through a lot of heat. Firstly, once it comes out the ground, in other ground, in ore, it needs to be first cleaned up a bit. Then you apply lots of heat because you have to burn out that impurities. Think about your own life. How many impurities we've got still. Doesn't mean because you're born again you don't have impurities. On the contrary, when you get born again and the closer you get to the spirit, the more those impurities come to the surface and you start seeing them for what they are. So what, is, what we reveal Jesus can heal. So as soon as that heat comes, the gold gets purer and purer. Diamonds as well. It starts off as carbon. But with heat and lots of pressure, it becomes a diamond. A pearl gets formed inside an oyster. And, and they say it's something that irritates. It's something that causes a cut or a lesion or something in, inside this, the flesh of the pearl. And then that repair starts. And in repairing, the pearl is formed. But there's discomfort. There's a wound. And that wound becomes a pearl. So... If you've prayed the prayer and said, Lord, make haste, make the time short for me to become gold. What are you asking the Lord? You're saying, Lord, I want more heat. I want more pressure. Amen. I want more fire. I want to be wounded more and quicker so that I can be that precious pearl. So in preparing yesterday, I just watched a video of how a, a pearl is formed. And I saw this pearl, a massive pearl. It's in the northwestern coast of Australia. Where no one comes, okay? So that's where these pearls are formed. And it's a massive pearl. But can you imagine that massive discomfort of producing that pearl? So be careful what you ask the Lord for because he might just give it to you. Amen? So if you pray, Lord, <laughs> cleanse me before you bless me, just know the cleansing is not going to necessarily be comfortable. Amen. So if you're feeling... That you've been cheated, you're suffering, you're lonely. You know, you're at wit's end with your situation. Just relax. You know, no wound, no pull. No test, no promotion. There can't be a testimony without a test. And that's what we tell the people at the prayer line as well. You will come and bring your testimony. It doesn't mean that your tests are going to come to an end. Amen. You must just pass them. So let's quickly look at Genesis 37 from verse 23 to 33. So just imagine yourself in this situation as we go through the verses. This is the story of Joseph. Genesis 37 verse 23. It says, So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers, they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit. The pit was empty, there was no water in it, and they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hands be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. Then the Midianite traders passed by. So the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. 
Then Reuben returned to the pit, and indeed Joseph was not in the pit. And he tore his clothes, and he returned to his brothers and said, The lad is no more, and I, where shall I go? So they took Joseph's tunic, killed the kid of the goats, and dipped the tunic in blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to the father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it's your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it, and he said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. So if you look at the story and you put yourself in that story, it might mean that you start feeling sorry for yourself. So the key thing is, Joseph got a vision from the Lord. And that vision entailed that he was going and his, his, his parents and his brothers were going to bow down before him. Amen. So what happened was that vision carried him through in the pit. He knew when he was in the pit that his brothers were talking of killing him. They were talking of selling him. They were talking of delivering him to the Egyptians. Amen. So the important part is that we understand they stripped him of his robe. It was his identity. So in that time of suffering, he didn't see it as suffering. What he saw was that he was going to a place that the Lord showed him, a better place. So what we need to realize is that although his identity was taken away from him and he was taken from his warm hands of his father and he was delivered into the pit and from the pit to the prison and from the prison he went to the palace, amen. He saw the palace, that was the end intended by the Lord. That is what he could hold on to to just, in times of trouble, go through the situation. Amen. So that vision, that faith in God, knowing what God says in your situation, is that which is going to carry you through at the end of the day. Not what the brothers say. He's going to be killed, he'll never make it, and the stories of the world. Let's not focus on the stories of the world. So there comes a time where it's going to feel for you as if the world is coming to an end. It's pushing you hard. You're getting pressure. You're getting all these things then you're not sure how to handle it. So in crucial situations like this, this is when a person of faith can just rely on God. Because if you look at what God did for him, he prepared him. He prepared him for the throne. He had to go through these phases to be able to reach the throne. But it's all about mind management. Can you imagine if he became negative in his situation? He didn't cry. He didn't start cursing the, the Lord. He just held on. But what he did was he tapped, he drew from the power of God that God has installed into his heart. He drew from that power to see him through in this difficult time. So that pit as well, we know that Joseph only went to the pit once. Okay? He went to the prison. He went from there. He went up and up and up. But what we need to realize is God says he'll be with us. He'll be with you in the but he'll be with you in the prison or in jail. But you also need him in the palace. Remember that when you get to the palace, you think it's a much better place. But there you're going to need God even more than what you needed him before. Because to maintain something in the pit might just be very much easier than maintaining something in the palace. We know that when your breakthrough comes, your healing, your deliverance, you need God more than ever before. Because now you have to maintain that breakthrough. 
And there's no way that it's going to become easier the closer you get to God. So Satan wants to take you away from God. So the closer you get to God, the harder these trials and tribulations will come at you. But because you know that you can glory in tribulation, it shouldn't be an issue because you should see big tests with big promotion. Amen. Don't lose heart when your identity is stripped away by the things that people say, the things that they do, the things that they declare over your life. These things are just insignificant because you look at the Word of God and say, what is the Word of God declaring over my life? Because that's what's important. So Joseph was listening to that still voice inside him. Amen? He was listening to the Holy Spirit. That was what carried him through. So if you feel that you're sick, that you're in prison, and illness is imprisoning you, break free from that. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm here. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Help me, Lord. I can no longer try and do these things from my own strength. And that's something we have to realize. Because when you get to the palace, you might think that you've arrived. You're now second in charge of Egypt. And now all of a sudden you think you're the man. It means nothing. Because the moment you start acting in your own strength, that's the moment where you're going to start failing. Because you always need God. You need Him more when your breakthrough comes. So Joseph didn't stay in the pit. The thing is, what do you believe in your heart about what Jesus has said about your future? What do you believe in your heart, what Jesus has planned for your future? Because you're in the pit right now doesn't mean that your future isn't bright. So your heart must be aligned with the Word of God, the will of God. So at the end, Joseph went through these trials and tests, and he went there to the palace now and eventually met up again with the family. Initially, like you know, they didn't know it was him. But when he saw them again, Genesis 45, verse 5, he said, But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. So that was life preservation that God had planned. We, we, we see in part and we understand in part. The Lord gave him the dream and he knew where he was going. But I'm sure if he knew what was happening in between the dream and where he actually went to the palace, he would have run away. He would have tried to resist going into that pit. He would have avoided his brothers. It's not that. Don't look at the situation itself. Look at the end. So God doesn't promise that because we're born again, we're not going to go through trials. Like we said, we're going to go through many, many, many trials. But just choose how you go through them. Make that decision. So make that decision if you want him to be with you in the palace as well. Because in the palace, you're going to get lots more distractions that could take you away from that. So what we look at, what we listen to, what we believe are important things in our lives. Our eyes and our ears, you know, are windows, are portals into our lives. So when people start declaring things, don't accept that declarations from them you can counter those things with the word of god so make sure that in your preparation to the palace that you make a friend of the word of god because that's what's going to see you through that's what saw jesus through in the wilderness when satan came and tempted him he used the word of god as his sword of the spirit amen those were the things that he used that he was equipped with but in order to use that you need to know it 
You need to be able to quote it. You need to be able to use that with confidence. And it has to have Jesus' backing. It doesn't help that you don't live with Christ and one day you're in trouble, you want to quote a scripture. It's about a mutual relationship with Christ. It's not a parasitic relationship. It has to be mutual, like all relationships. So, don't let offense be planted into your heart. We're going to read from Acts 17 verse 10 now. Acts 17 verse 10. So, if you want to make the word of God a critical part of your life, you need to understand a few things. So, in Acts Like we know in Acts, the disciples went out and performed miracles and did things as Jesus commanded them to do. But um, let's just see what this... So Paul and Silas, they traveled a lot and they went out uh, to the different areas, different people, nations, cities, and they took the word to these different people. So Acts 17 verse 10. The heading says, ministering at Berea. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. So if you look at that, it says there, they received the word with all readiness. So if you're ready to receive the word of God, your, the soil is prepared. You receive the word of God. You search the scriptures. pastor often tells us, search the scriptures. Look for those answers so that you can find out what the truth is. So when you search out the scriptures and you find the truth, then you've got something to hold on to. The next scripture, I just want to show you the next scripture is 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 2. And it says, not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as through the day of Christ had come. The thing is, what they're saying is, they talk about the coming of Christ. But they say, don't be shaken in mind or troubled. If you walk close to the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no reason why you should fear His coming. We should fear the Lord by doing what His Word says we should do. It's not a fear like you fear man. Fearing God is just understanding, moving away from sin and moving closer to God. Amen. So there's no reason for us to fear God like we fear men or people. So the people in Thessalonica were disturbed in their minds. They were worried. They were stressed out. So let nothing disturb your spirit. Let nothing disturb your mind or your soul. Because your soul needs to be in line with your spirit. So when you discern the difference between facts and truth, you'll know that the word of God will always prevail. So the truth will always set you free. No matter what the report says, in my own life, I can testify about how a report was nullified by the word of God. My Youngest one, I almost said my baby, she doesn't like if I say the baby, she's five years old, she's sitting at the back. Lovely child, like the rest of my children. But the report that we received when we went for a fetal assessment, the report said that we must terminate the pregnancy. The report said that she'll never be born alive. Amen? But 
At that time, we walked with the pastor and the family, and they prayed with us. And Pastor Belinda sent it to me last week again, just as a reminder. But we, we actually watch it all the time. He's, the Lord said through Pastor Bernard, he gave us a message and said that he sees a beauty and an intelligence. Now, that doesn't come from a dead fetus. Amen? It comes from life. And that's the life that Jesus Christ can bring. So no matter what the report says, don't trust the report. Go and search the scriptures, get close to God, and understand what the truth is. And the truth will set you free. So we thank God for the truth. Amen. So it doesn't matter what your dry pit is. It doesn't matter what brings up the heat in your life, the pressure or the wounds. If you understand that that results in gold, silver, diamonds, pearls, you'll rejoice. And that's why we can rejoice, because that's what the Lord says. I know the end intended by the Lord. It's not unto death. Let's, let's see these things through. So your soul has to agree with your spirit. God wants to do supernatural things in our lives. Our God is not an ordinary God. He's not a God like we measure people around us. He can't be measured. He can't, you can't calculate it. So I'm an engineer by trade, and it was one of the most difficult things when my friends back in the days in the Macroland tried to lead me to Christ. And I was like trying to reason and calculate everything that I saw in the Bible. And it just, it just doesn't work like that. And they say, this is how it works. And I go, no, I don't think it works like that. You know, so you try and reason from your natural abilities. But God wants to do supernatural things in your life. He doesn't want to do ordinary things. If you want ordinary things, your friends, or you, you can do it yourself. The ordinary things are the things that we don't need Christ for in our lives. It's the supernatural things that you must trust the Lord for. So if we look at Isaiah 55, verse 1. Isaiah 55, verse 1. The heading again of that scripture set says, An invitation to abundant life. So I'm going to read from verse 1. It says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. So this is a supernatural thing where you come and you buy things without having money. But that's the realm of our God. That's how he thinks. That's how he works. So we look at the natural. Oh, I don't have money. Oh, I'm going to die. God says, come, you don't need money. You need me. Eat from me and you will live. Eat from my word. Eat from my assurance. Eat from my prophetic picture and you will have life. So the next scripture I want to look at is James 1 verse 21. And that's an instruction to us if we want to get our souls saved. Because why are we here? Everything, healing, deliverance, breakthrough, whatever God gives us is for one thing only. It's for the salvation of your soul. It's for the glorification of Christ alone. There's no other reason why you'll get breakthrough healing or deliverance other than to glorify God and for your souls to be saved, for our souls to be saved. Amen. James 1.21 says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. 
So the question is, do you believe the word of God, that God is ready to do that which is impossible in your life? You have to believe that, because if you don't believe it, you'll never get it. You have to believe. So our belief in the work of the cross is what will set us free. Because that is the ultimate sacrifice. God sent his only son to die on the cross for all these things. The breaking of his body, the resurrection, the blood that was shed. As we sang in one of the songs, it's his blood that set us free. His blood allows us many things. His blood allows us to go into the Holy of Holies. Where we couldn't do that before. The crucifixion came. A new covenant came. And we can freely serve God, freely enter into the Holy of Holies by the blood through the Lamb. He died for that so that we can enter in. So these supernatural things, I remember in 2009, I'll never forget, I was working in Secunda, and we had a meeting and things were just hectic at work. And um, I just joined the church at the time, and I phoned the pastor and I said, Pastor, I really need capacity. So he said, let me give you two scriptures. And I've got an old Spirit for Life Bible that's at home. And, and um, going through it the other day, it was, it was just right in front of my Bible. Those two scriptures were still there. And I'm going to share them with you now. And it was just all about capacity. But not, again, once again, not capacity that your brothers and sisters can give you or you yourself. It's capacity from Christ. And it's understanding that supernatural. Let's read those scriptures. It's Amos 9 verse 13 is the first one. And I think the pastor shared them last week with us as well. It says, The time will come, says the Lord, when the grain and the grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. And the terraced, then the terraced vineyards on the hills of Israel will drip with sweet wine. So can you imagine that you can't even plant, but the grapes are there? It can only happen in the Spirit. It's a supernatural thing. So, so that tells you about... How big our God is. He doesn't need the seed to give the grapes. He gives the grapes. Amen. So the time will come. It's, it's told to us here. It says the time will come, says the Lord, that it will happen. So you must look at what your spiritual grapes are. And you must take them. Because at the stage, like the pastor keeps explaining to us, people will want to grab onto our sleeves as believers and say, I need what you've got. I have to go with you. So we must make sure that we are the ones with the sleeves to grab onto. Not the ones that are grasping at other people's sleeves and missing that day. So remember Pastor's sermon. Don't wait for a more convenient day. It might never come. The second scripture is Jeremiah 12 verse 5. And it's quite profound. It says, if racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you race against horses? If you stumble and fall on open ground... What will you do in the thickets near the Jordan? So right now, we're on even flat plains, if we think about it. We think we're in tough times. We haven't seen anything yet. So it, but as the time goes by and it gets closer to the time of the Lord to come, things are going to get much tougher than now. And that's why now these little tests that we think are major, these little tests that we're writing right now, we have to see that as preparation for a time when we have to run through the thickets so that we don't get caught up. We need to be able to run with the horses, but we won't be able to do that in the natural. We have to serve God in spirit and in truth to be able to tap into that. 
So remember that your confession needs your heart's full backing. So right now you have to start believing that you have to right now be, be prepared and start your training to run with the horses. There's, there's never a good time. Now is always the best time. So we have to get that faith released and bring God's righteousness on the scene. Without God's righteousness, we'll never make it. So the last scripture we're going to share today is Joshua 10, Joshua 10 verse 12. It says, then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, sun, stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Is, is this not written in the book of Joshua? So the sun stood still in the midst of the heaven. And did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. Can you imagine? That is a supernatural act. And if you read further on, it says it's the first and the last time that ever happened. Because God wanted to deliver Israel. So when God wants to do something, if the sun has to stand still, the sun will stand still. But if I say that you're going to defeat that enemy, you will go and defeat that enemy. No matter what it takes. Amen. So you need to walk in a new level in life. Your pit is a temporary situation. It's not permanent. So expect the supernatural. Declare the supernatural. Receive the supernatural. But walk with God so that you can see the manifestation of the supernatural. Don't wait for a better day. Don't wait for a more convenient day. Go there. Go out today. The new level of life is here right now. We have to move to a new level in life. This is a year with a difference. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.